Hello and welcome to the Spurs Brothers Podcast, where we take a not-so-in-depth look at all things Tottenham. Happy day, everybody. It's episode 17, entitled Anticlimactic. Oh, it hurts so bad. We've got a quick outline for today coming up. We've got some team news. We saw two games. We played Chelsea on Thursday, February 4th. Don't remind and me again, that. West Brom. It was Sunday, February 7th. We'll step into the room for improvement, and we've got a look ahead. As per usual, and jumping into team news, the Spurs women are starting to play more regularly. They got a second game in a second week in a row. This time, unable to rebound to the tough 4-0 loss against Chelsea, who are top of the league. Bunch of wankers. We had Aston Villa, who is a beatable team, but went down to them. 0-1 was the final score. It was a wonder strike by Villa's Iwabuchi, who scored from well outside the box. So a little bit of a bummer there. I think his name was Manuel Lanzini. With the outrageous strike from far away. Absolutely. Bull spit. Uh, our goalkeeper, again, Becky Spence is our typical goalkeeper who's been out. And we had Mickelson in the net, who's not doing the best, but nothing she could do about that outrageous wonder strike. But hopefully we get Becky Spencer back later just because she's kind of a rock for our back line. And we had a new debut for the loan signing Cho So Hyun, our South Korean on the women's team. Got the 90 minutes in, which is good to see. And then one last bit of news on the women's team front. Anna Philby, who played a lot last year, sort of as a utility defender, but mostly a center back, has left the team on loan to Celtic. But that didn't get announced last week. We just found out about it more recently. Switching gears to the men's team, the big news at the end of the transfer window was whether or not Deli Alley would leave. He has been out of training due to injury for the past few weeks. But apparently Mourinho and Deli have had some good talks. This came out in the news in interviews with Mourinho about yeah, him getting back crossed. into the team. Yeah, fingers crossed that's not just like good press. You know, I really hope. I think that Jose probably got enough pressure from literally everybody like in the organization and outside. He's got to play Delhi. He's too big of an asset to, to just let sit by the wayside. And it sound, it makes you wonder if he's been keeping him or saying he's injured and keeping him out of the lineup because he might have gone to PSG. Or if that was an actual injury, but it sounds more and more like an actual injury. But he should be, he's been training again, so he should be fit to play. Wasn't on the bench against West Brom, but might show up maybe on the bench against Everton. Mourinho has recently said that he's not necessarily fit to start, but he's been training. So that's a good sign. Excited to see him back, yeah. Yeah, we could use him and just, you know, I want him to play. Especially in these cup games that we have coming up. A little bit of some random other news that we have to check into. One interesting bit and sort of a cool story related to COVID protocols has been back in December when quite a few of our players were caught in social media posts attending a large party with no masks Surge. on. And many of those players were fined. We thought that that money was just going to the club, sort of the fine as a way to discourage the players from doing that. But Tottenham, the club, have donated all of those fines they've collected from the players straight to local hospitals in London and to the NHS as well, so that's kind of an awesome way to use that money. Another sort of medically related issue is a change in the rules in the Premier League related to concussions. So we've seen it, fortunately, not too frequently, but every once in a while when a player gets a serious-looking head injury, the typical protocol is get a look by the doctor and then run back out there with a the head bandage I on. Think, yeah, I think of like Jan Vertonghen, you know, when he like, Kind of oh, was like flustered yeah. and he like jumped back on there. And then after like a couple of minutes when it really started to sink in, like he literally just like was dizzied 
and could barely stand up and came off and everybody was like maybe we should do something about this that has to be one of the the forefront examples in my mind well one of the worst ones was somebody reminded me of was against everton years back when hugo Lloris took romelu lukaku's knee to the head Oh, when he yeah. came out and he was absolutely knocked out, but he was the team captain and would not oh my go God. onto the bench. Yeah, that was nasty. Yeah. So, yeah, there have been some rough ones. The new rule change is allowing for additional free substitutions in the event of a concussion or any sort of head trauma. And both teams would actually get it so that, you know, you can't fake a head injury to get a free substitution if you want to. I think it's an awesome rule and it's probably way too long in coming. Some other random news that we have to talk about. Liverpool is playing against RB Leipzig in the Champions League. And this concerns Tottenham Hotspur because after Liverpool have been denied entry to Germany, Leipzig's home game may very well be played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That's so random. Which is an interesting one, yeah. But that would be kind of fun. And it's a beautiful stadium, so even if there aren't fans in it, it's a good place to play. And the last bit of news is something that's been floating around for a little bit as well, involving Hyungman's son, who hasn't signed a new contract, but they've been mentioning a new contract with the team for quite a while. But apparently that's those talks are sort of on hold right now because of the financial situation with COVID-19. The club is waiting for more normalcy to happen before officially offering him a new contract. Yeah, he's a, he's a happy camper. And he's got three years, so I would imagine he's going to sign one as soon as it comes to him unless something horrible happened like harry kane leaving or cat jumps up on your computer i would imagine that as long as as long as he's playing with harry kane son's pretty happy to stay at Tottenham. yeah i love it getting into the games we played in the last week tottenham hosted chelsea on thursday february 4th in the premier league this is a big game we're coming off of two losses to try and get to chelsea with their new manager, Thomas Tuchel, before they really hit their stride under him. And it did not go well. It wasn't much of a rebound from the Brighton game at all. When you take a look at the lineups, we played with a back four this time instead of going with the back three that we had started with and then ditched in the two games prior. Lloris, of course, in goal, Ben Davies. Toby got the start next to Dyer at center back, Serge Aurier outright. Good to see him back in the team. Hoiberg and Sissoko in the midfield. And then Son and Dombele and Bergwijn playing behind Vinicius up top Which with Kane, of is course, out. Arguably, probably our strongest lineup here. I th- if I'm being honest, I feel like this was a great lineup, but the way that we play just takes all the benefits away from this lineup in, in the in the first place. Oh, yeah, de- we, and definitely shoot ourselves in the foot. Definitely our strongest lineup with Vinicius trying to replace Kane as that focal point yeah. up top, as opposed to what we did with Brighton. But yeah, it absolutely didn't go well. We didn't create a ton of chances at all, but neither did Chelsea, to be fair, until, of course, the big moment of the game, which was the penalty. It was 22 minutes in when a ball was played in behind for Timo Werner to chase, and Dyer kind of got caught on the wrong side of him and made a good challenge for the ball initially, but then fell over and continued flailing his feet until... Team over under decided to trip over one of his kicks. which like is in the states is like dangerous play like if you're on the ground quit swinging your legs Absolutely. like i don't know why that was like deemed so violently a dangerous play you know in the youth when ranks growing in up the, that, in the yeah. states here yeah. it's why that was called i have like i have no idea but yeah it just seemed silly it was kind of just pawing at the ball while on the ground and on yeah, all, all Werner needed to do was just step down and fall down. Yeah, which, you know, there was contact and it was a foul and it was a penalty it's and it's unnecessary. an absolutely stupid moment from him. And I think the worst part is the how desperate he was 
when he didn't need to be because we had Toby there to cover. Ben Davis was recovering to get a get a body onto Werner as well. And, you know, I think we had Hoyerberg recovering into the box. There was not another Chelsea player for Timo Werner to pass to or do anything with. And there are three, yeah, Chelsea, to some degree, three it's, of our defenders. To some degree, it's like the mentality of, of Spurs is just constant... Panic. desperate clearances yeah, yeah like panic. at all times yeah. we're just i mean we just boot it clear nine times out of ten in the first place and then uh yeah yeah it was an absolute panic play and Jorginho converted it for chelsea to take them one nil into the lead he looks like he changed his run-up rather than the stupid hop i think he still looks like a dummy dude <laughs> i think I just... he's i think he's upset that bruno fernandez stole his really stupid run-up and now that bruno fernandez has scored so many ridiculous penalties Jorginho feels like People would think he's been copying him. Yeah, Bruno's almost in a fucking double digits for penalties. It's insane. It's just obnoxious. Yeah. If he had scored all of them, he would be in double digits. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, you're right. Yeah, they they he does get to take a lot of penalties over there at Manchester United. The only moment that Spurs had going for them in the first half was on a free kick when Serge Aurier found himself unmarked in the box, but couldn't get his header on goal. It went just wide. And then later on in the second half, Serge made an actual incredible play this time with Timo Werner getting played in behind, looking like he was the wrong goal. And Serge was the wrong side of him, but managed to sneak a toe in and block his shot well over the bar. Uh, I actually thought that Serge Aurier played a pretty decent game all around. Kind of weird individual performance, maybe, but just like the way that our, our collective is set up, man, we just don't give ourselves many chances. It's just... I think you have to do so much with so little, uh, all all defensive. We looked horrible in this game. I mean, that, that surge header was really the only chance we had until very late in the game. The, the first the half minutes. in particular, we were completely absent. Yeah. I mean, literally, we gave ourselves one half to play Not even decent, that, really. Yeah. Decent football. Yeah, it was just... Uh, I don't... It, it, yeah, we really threw so much away, I think, in not only this game, but... Yeah, really frustrating to see the least. And Chelsea themselves were pretty wasteful. They really didn't create that much, despite dominating possession and us not putting any threat in behind them. But Larice really had to make two incredible saves, the first of which was diving out, punching the ball off of Christian Pulisic's toe. Uh, so it was a great save there and brave from our captain and goalkeeper. And then a Mason Mount strike that was definitely going low and far towards the far post. Larice got down low and made that save as well. So we really had Lloris bailing us out before we created our any offensive momentum. It was Eric Lamella coming on as a sub that changed the game and really gave us the only attacking threat we had had the whole time. Lamella himself forced, I think, the only save that Chelsea's goalkeeper Mendy had to make with about 10 minutes left when he rifled a shot in from curling in towards the far post from way outside. That was a good shot, yeah. And then we almost tied it with a Serge Aurier cross finding Vinicius at the back post with just minutes left in the game, and he rose higher than everybody else, but his header was just wide. And he was probably there. should have scored it. That would have been... He was there. That would have been a weird point had he put that away and had we tied Chelsea without really like we didn't ever threatening him. Yeah. Right. So, Even though Chelsea really isn't that good, and they looked really average out there, just... They looked really we average. We did not deserve anything from this game. Yeah. And Man, it was just uh, got fired up a little bit, man. Just so boring and and negative from our from our Spurs. Yeah. I don't like to see that at all. Once again, we need more than ten minutes of half-hearted yeah. offensive production. Thank you. 
Thank you. And getting us into the second game of this past week. This is on the weekend. They come thick and fast in the Premier League. It was against West Bromwich Albion, who are second to bottom in the table. And you really think... So you know it's going to be a challenge. You really think that if we can beat anybody, we should be able to beat these guys. And sure enough, we managed to take care of business. A little bit of a switch up in the lineups. Dyer came in, or sorry, Sanchez came in to replace Dyer at center back alongside Torre. Why? Fucking why? I, you know, he didn't give away a boneheaded penalty, so that's saying something. Uh, and Dombele and Hoiberg were in our sort of pivot in midfield, so Tangai dropped back into the more supportive role in midfield. That left Lamella to play up underneath Harry Kane, who magically came back into the starting lineup with both his ankles injured. And Lucas got the start, a rare start for him outside on the right-hand side. And I thought Lucas did really, really well. It was good to see Kane back, too. Yeah, he did okay. Lucas carrying the ball against a, a, you know, Less talented West Bromwich defense is, is fun. You like seeing him take those incredibly fast touches, one f- touch getting almost away from the next, and somehow he can still get onto the end of it, even if it's in the uh, opponent's box. Fun to watch in some cases, but he doesn't really have a whole lot of an end product still. I would, I would say that this game he actually improved that really, really well because he found Kane once in the box that Kane should have absolutely scored. And he ended up getting assist after a long run with the ball for our second goal, but we can talk about that later in the second half. So we actually brought some end product for the first time in a long time, which is the thing like that you mentioned that's always usually missing from his game. But we were looking forward for the first time. And it's, it's like kind of, again, anticlimactic because it's against fucking West Brom, but it was good to see our boys go forward. It actually looked like we could play. And I don't know if this is and just because Kane was on the field or not, but Kane was the guy who got our first chances about 15 minutes into the game. A couple of good lifts on the left-hand side. I think one was from a Serge Aurier pass fighting him out brilliantly, but he couldn't keep his left-footed shot on target. He blasted that wide and high, and the second chance he got in almost the same position with space in the box, but he dragged that one just wide of the far post going low on that opportunity. Later on in the first half, he got another great chance. This time he got in the box with defenders on him, but he worked that space just to get that half yard. Which, him not being the quickest player, he's amazingly good at getting just a quick half yard he to really get a shot is, off. Yeah. And he two blasted looks, that one right at Robinson, the goalkeeper, who two, it's unfair. Yeah, two looks on the left foot. I mean, if it was rust, I don't know. If it was pace, he only missed a couple of games. The fact I don't that know. he's it's, alive at all with both his ankles yeah. broken was amazing. It was good, so. to see, good to see him up there and good to see him shooting. And I got, it pains me to say this, but Serge does deserve some small amount of credit for... Setting you know, up in of acres of space after a few seasons, finally being able to put the ball anywhere other than the fucking rafters. Yeah. He was able to... Or directly to the goalkeeper. He, he pinged in a couple of really decent crosses, he put which, it, was, yeah. which was awesome. It's yeah. weird. I don't know. The last two games, he's found some sort of semblance of crossing ability, which has been good to don't, see. Don't hold your breath, Ben. Maybe he, need, yeah, maybe he needs to leave at halftime for another game just to figure it out. Oh, easy. <laughs> Kane finally got his breakthrough after we went into the half, drawn 0-0 with West Brom. Hoybeer gave him a slotted through ball on a chance that he just couldn't miss, and he slotted that one past the goalkeeper who was helpless at the far post. So Kane got his goal. Great pass from Hoybeer. And then Lucas, as I mentioned, found some. This is on a counterattack where Kane, right at the edge of our own box, got a defensive header from one of our defenders that he chested down to Lucas. So it's a really great bit of play by Kane. Playing yeah, with really his back coast to, to coast run for Lucas. And Lucas, yeah, yeah went all the way in. A number of our guys can do at this point, yeah. Yep, and found Sun was the only guy going with him, and Lucas found Sun wide open, and Sun buried that finish, getting his goal that he's needed after a few games without scoring. 
and without yeah, chances. So, stoked. so great for Lucas to get that assist, that end product that he needs. Great for Sun to get a goal. And then really it came down to whether or not West Brom would find a way back into the game because we didn't create really enough later on after that. Their striker had a couple goals that both got called off sides that were really, really close. So either Cheers. you have to say, well done for Sanchez for keeping him offside, or it was blind luck by Sanchez being out of position and he was also offside. But we managed to get away with a clean sheet. And the last thing I'll mention was a little bit of bad news. Aurier, after, after, I think having two really great games for him, had to come out a little after the hour mark with a calf injury. So hopefully he's back and hasn't forgotten how to cross. And Dane Scarlett, the 16-year-old, got his Premier League debut with just about a minute left. Why he didn't awesome go on to see. sooner? It's like fucking put him on for three or four minutes, five, six, ten minutes, just like to give Kane a rest. Thirty maybe. seconds. It doesn't make it. Just like for a for a debut, it's like, are we setting history just for the sake of setting history, or like fucking put the kid on for a few minutes and let him play? You know, it just seemed odd that it was like at the tail end of the game. But but, but for a sixteen year old, it's just on record that he gets to say he played in the Premier League, which is kind of cool still. But yeah, it would have been yeah. nice to see him have more than thirty seconds. And the last thing I'll say about the West Brom game, we gave a lot of credit, or I've given a lot of credit to Lucas, but I think Eric Lamella might have been our best player in that game, Couple playing games in the number 10 almost, role. Yeah. Well, yeah, he came on as a sub and changed the Chelsea game. And speaking of Eric Lamella, I don't know if this will come in, but let's step into the room for improvement if you're ready and see if Eric room Lamella finds himself out. Yeah, let's call him out right off the bat. I, he is not in the room for improvement. It, I thought he played really strong, lots of forward thinking, some positive play, a hunger that, God, is like used to be the, you know, used to fit in so well at Spurs and you want to see more of it. I think it worked well at the tail end of Chelsea and looked good again against West Brom. And God, if that can be a contagious factor for these guys, man, we have the ability, you know, we have the ability against Jose's best efforts to play attacking, fearless football. It's in our DNA, and, and Lamella wore that really well. So absolutely staying out of the room for improvement. Yeah. Eric Lamella. Running his legs off to make something out of nothing. And yeah, he brought us yeah. back to life in that Chelsea game for sure. I loved it. And yeah, he's yeah good on you. I'm going to throw Pierre in there because fucking Pierre, I guess I feel almost bad for not including Tangai. He was, I guess, average good. Yeah, still um, great, but not Some incredible passes, <laughs> uh, yeah. defensive efforts. He looks decent in that more holding position but um would love to see him you know further up the pitch and harry kane i mean just class all through the way and should have had more goals i know that they'll start coming but man it has his eyes set on some records i know he's now the second all-time scorer for for tottenham maybe 40 or 50 goals behind jimmy greaves uh, the legend jimmy greaves but we'll be there we'll be there in no time so you keep got a you know honorable mention surge almost made it in there yeah i can't believe i ever say that Wrong side of the room for improvement as par for the course, but Serge got an honorable mention, my friend. All right, so that's who you're keeping out of the room for improvement. Who who do you put in? I feel bad about this one, but personal mistake, which he is allowed. I'm just going to say that he is allowed personal mistakes, maybe at the wrong time in the wrong place. And he's so good, and I really arguably probably our, our best one of two players in that center back role, but Eric Dyer is going to jump into the room for improvement. It's a pretty um, bad mistake. A little bit, a little bit awkward. You know, a little bit too awkward for my liking. So and was it just? Uh, I think he really struggled a bad thing. in that in that Chelsea game. So yeah, we want he to see did, him he made being... some errant passes. His confidence shook a little bit. I don't think that's going to carry on really at all. So I'm sure we're putting that behind us. But Get Eric his... Dyer, room for improvement. Jose Mourinho, man, Jesus, 
what the fuck? You know, that Chelsea it's performance embarrassing. is embarrassing. Chelsea embar- it's the first time Tottenham have lost three games in the league in a row since 2012. Fucking 2012, and we it's his first time in his career. Tim Sherwood, who didn't even know which way was which way we were supposed to be attacking in a given game. And right. he was the last one to lose three games. Yeah. It's, Jose it's Mourinho, rough. dude. It's just... I saw a horrible article, but it, it, it had some decent points. And if you look at Spurs' defense... I that's don't the think thing he should have fixed. Really that bad. Yeah, that's the thing yeah, that it, should it really, have been proved really under Mourinho, and it really hasn't. And I think it comes down to I think the blame has to be placed on his uh, lineup because we play with the you know center backs so terribly close. I mean, he he is it's a very intentionally tight defensive shape. But when you send our rope. yeah, when you send our you know outside backs up the field even a little bit. Which they really should, arguably should be up there more. I mean, God, just think about you know Sergio Regulon coming back into the side and how much stronger and more exciting that makes our side. It forces Sissoko to play right back all game, and and Hoybier has to cover so much of that that deep positions outside those center back roles, and it it exposes Sanchez in particular, but it exposes our center backs, I think, to a to a glaring degree where there's just so much open space down our flanks and which opens up thusly, you know, space in the middle when our center backs are drug out there. It's, it's just, we're shooting ourselves on the foot. Yeah. When we got used to seeing Sissoko having to play, you know, utility right back in, in every single play more right emergency. But the horrifying thing to me is I'm seeing more often. Yeah. Hoybier getting pulled out way out to the sidelines. And it's like, no, 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 no. That leaves a huge vacuum with our best positioned player. Thank you. And yeah, that's not something you necessarily want to see. So yeah, we've, we've got, despite the win against Best Bomb, we've got a ton of stuff to figure out. Hopefully Jose God, wouldn't have thought that at this point in his time at Tottenham that he would still need to figure out how to fix the defense, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, it, what it is he has shit. to do. I mean, shit's but, yeah. changing left and right. He has no fucking idea what he's doing. He's making stuff up, it seems like. It, it, it looked better <laughs> against West Brom, but we easily could have given up one of those offside goals. If it, oh, easily. So easily. And you felt the momentum shaky. shifting yeah. that way. We just play so drastically defensive. and Only four teams in the Premier League have given up more shots than us. Yeah. I think that we can see. Have to and, see. and that Hugo Lloris has had more saves than both Allison and Ederson combined combined which is fucked yeah the amount we can see we're conceding shots at a rate that only relegation teams and Leeds united are it's it's not our spot bennett you're absolutely right but a small bit of room left in the room for improvement davidson sanchez uh my god i mean he he gets a starting spot against west brom and he looks exactly like fucking kashelny for arsenal just raking into the back i thought he could have had a fucking yellow card in the first half coming in so hot and they just don't he let a couple of the calls go early and then finally it's like after two or three in the second half finally he gets a foul the guy from behind when when they're if you just watch the west brom forwards yeah i mean they're trying to be physical they're trying to do their thing but i mean he just sanchez blindly just it's not defense he just blindly just rakes into the back leg every single time on the headers and the whole thing i just i hate seeing it because it's kind of the worst qualities in a in a center back defender that you know, that we've seen flashes of with... To give away cheap um, fouls over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, cheap fouls over and over again. I mean, like, yeah, Cameron Carter-Vickers, who's playing really well for Bournemouth right now. Um, prime example. Koscielny is the best example that comes to my mind. It's just... Sanchez looks like a, a shitty Arsenal defender just 
uh, fouling the shit out of people every single time. I think Koscielny watching that the to every Brown other Ford. Arsenal defender too, because there was a, it's, it's there was a time when if Harry Kane ever got his back to goal against Arsenal, you knew he was getting kicked in the ankles over and over and over again. No attempt to play the ball. You're right. You're absolutely right. So room yeah, for improvement. Not something kid, you want to see. Kids average at best. So he, yeah, we got a. There's a good defender in there somewhere. I just do, I don't know if anybody knows where it is. A different club might know exactly where it is, so let's let's test that theory, my friend. Um, but yeah, taking a look ahead, I know we've got some big games coming up. It's a massive outing against Everton FA coming Cup. up this week on Wednesday. FA Cup fifth round, getting late into uh, it. February We're having 10th. to play tough teams now. I could see us getting murdered in this game, so we'll see if Jose can pull something out of the hat. The momentum is certainly not in our fucking. Favored Man, despite a, a, a anticlimactic win against West Brom. The way it's going, I think Jose needs to win the FA Cup or something along those lines for him to even keep his job. Yeah, we'll see, man. I just, yeah, Jose out. But uh, yeah, we've got to, yeah, to make it all that much more interesting, we've got fucking Manchester City. Um, I think we play fucking West Ham right afterwards Incredibly. in the Premier League. Uh, we've got in, in between the Manchester City and then West Bram games, two huge games to see how we're doing against actual competition in the Premier League. You're we're going to have to make right. a trip to Austria in between those two games. And you got to think, like, if we can fucking pull a couple of W's out of the hat, Benny. It'd just, be a great time the, to go on a run. But it's incredible. I have no confidence or optimist, optimism that, that I, I think we'll beat Wolfsburg in Austria in the Europa League because they are just we're, horrible. We're, but that's we are the underdogs. The we've got. In every game for the rest of the season, despite the home and away legs <laughs> against Wolf fucking Wolfsburg. Yeah. And just just to give everybody a heads up, that Wolfsburg team is in the Austrian League. We already played an Austrian team back in the group stages of the Europa League. LASK, you may well remember, who gave us a tough time in one of those legs we had to play against them. This Wolfsburg team is below Lask in the Austrian table and recently got thrashed by them. So we shouldn't it should be taking care of business in Austria and coming back home especially. But, yeah, who knows these days? It'll be an interesting week, Benny. I'll look very much forward to watching those games, chatting with you all about it, and uh, we'll honestly look very forward to chatting with you all coming up next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. Have a great night. Take it easy, Benny. You too, Sam.